So, guys, I uh, want to let you know that Alex actually can't be here this time. What? He's oh, really bummed. Man. But luckily, Aww. Chris and I have planned for this uh, eventuality. Yep. And Alex bot, I think, is just about ready to uh, get tested out, right? Yeah. Go ahead. Here, I'll wheel him out. Great. Oh, he's a cute little guy, huh? Yeah, right. That's creepy. Let's just load up the, uh, the, feed, the feed the book into his mouth. <laughs> This is how we will all read in the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And great, let's let's boot him up and, and see what he has to say for this show. Good morning, Meet Suits and Meat Dresses. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are a good podcast about bad books, movies, and television. This is episode number 104. We've now done as many episodes as the number of Corinthian columns in the temple of the Olympian Zeus. Speaking of things that take a long time to get through, this week we're talking about the second half of The Hunger Games by Suzanne Collins. You can read along with us uh, for free by going to audiblepodcast.com slash readandweep if you go to that address and sign up for a free trial. You get an audiobook of your choice, could be this, could be something else, for free, and you get to keep that, and you support our show, even if you cancel your subscription before it charges you anything. Do you want to suggest a topic? Go to read-weep.com slash suggest and add it. How, did that work? Could you hear Yeah, I think so. I think, I think Alex Bot is working out well, man. That's a great invention. I'm your host. I'm Alex Falcone. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex underscore Falcone. For our older listeners, you know that I'm the Pied Piper of comedy because your kids are already following me. I've got a very special panel with me today. First up, his strategy of wearing body armor didn't pay off when the zombie dogs ate his face off. (laughs) In Northern California, it's Ezra Fox. Zombie dogs? My one weakness. Also joining us today... His strategy of lying in the mud bleeding to death really paid off when he got to make out and not die. In Seattle, Washington, it's Chris Smith. Hey, everybody. That's right. You really can bake and frost your way into love. Or, you know, (laughs) just hurt your leg and lie there useless a while. It really worked out for you. (laughs) It did. Did it? I mean, it did, right? Co-champion. But... (laughs) The weaker, I mean, he really got carried, though, I think. Uh, he takes care of that one girl at the beginning, yeah. you know. He's yeah. going to go back and take care of her. Yeah. And he kills Foxface indirectly. <laughs> that was more of a, I mean, carelessness. Yeah. You know, more That's than... not really murder. I don't <laughs> He's think. just stupid. Just poor botany skills. Yeah. <laughs> and we have a very special guest today. Her strategy of getting extremely lucky over and over again really paid off but made her look like a jerk in the end. In guest location one, it's guest's name. I think that's supposed to be you, Destiny. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to scream, PETA! uh, (laughs) I love you! PETA chips! PETA! (laughs) And, um... I, I guess Alex Bot didn't know that we would have you know another guest filling in, so uh, I, I, I can do this one. Um, her strategy of always running away worked great until she realized she can't run away from food poisoning. From Massachusetts, it's Lisa. I don't have a name, actually, because I just have an ugly face. 
I really, it was, you thought it was ugly? I thought it was just pointed. It's foxy. It's a like foxy. Like a foxy. Head. Hey, yeah. foxy lady. Yeah. That's what she just continued to be called. I would be, I'd be hurt. You know, she was there for that long and she was still called Foxface. Well, some tributes don't even have nicknames, you know. That's so true. She got a nickname. Yeah, tribute yeah. number 10. I was, was wondering yeah. about <laughs> Tribute nine with a bad leg. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Chris, I think you're going to have to do a summary soon. Let's see what uh, Alex Spot has to say about that. Boot him up. All right, now, before we uh, go any farther, we need Chris to summarize. So, Chris, I would like you to summarize, because of your freakish recall and your dulcet tones, in the style of a booming hologram in the sky. Yes, really. Okay, you heard the bot. Here we go. Greetings, citizens. Welcome to part two of the Hunger Games. That's right. For the past episode we've been reading the hunger games a book in which there's children fighting to the death Ugh, very violently anyway we've been following our protagonist katniss do not ignore katniss she's good at hunting good at hiding and will be the last person or will she she fights a number of people and hides from a number of people and is very lucky against a number of people. All while, that's right, mooning over a boy. Or pretending to while he moons over her. Anyway. I'm sorry, I got distracted by something over here. Was it shiny? Uh, <laughs> Wait, no, Chris, that's a snare. So get away from me. <laughs> Damn you, game makers. Another trap. <laughs> Ignore all of that. For, in the end, they win the Hunger Games, Katniss and her friend Peter, and they beat the strongest other tributes to become the pair that wins for their district, their poor, poor districts. And yet amidst the victory, Katniss wonders, is this the end? I smell a sequel. And that's... It does smell a lot like sequel in here. It smells a lot like sequel. There's so many unresolved issues. Like with PETA and with... Yeah, uh, not about the dead people, but just just with PETA. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also so there's sad. that whole thing about geopolitics that comes in at the very, yeah. very end, where at first it's just about the Hunger Games, Hunger Games, Hunger Games, and then just as she's winning, she's like, she wondered if the government would start hating her and she'd have to go on a lot of other adventures. Eh, probably not. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but that's part of the point is that there is only like one television channel in the whole country and she doesn't have access to any kind of outside information. Like she's supposed to be in the dark about politics and come to the slow realization. I'm I'm actually afraid I'm going to spend this whole podcast like defending any criticism. <laughs> no, that's great. Because <laughs> well, I book? love this book so much. It's so disgusting. I mean, <laughs> I love it, but it's disgusting. So I keep reading it. Yeah, I think. And yeah. then I read the other one, and then the other one. <laughs> Don't tell anybody that. <laughs> Wait, so you you've read the whole series in Destiny? You've read the whole series? Hell yeah. Okay, cool. Because my twelve year old neighbor told me to. And I, I read did. it because it's awesome, and I'm not ashamed. I love this. <laughs> I love these books so much. Lisa, is that also how you got to have like a, a rainbow pop or something like that? Is that well, you just doing yeah. what your 12 year old neighbor says? It was to such do. a good rainbow pop. <laughs> <laughs> I put all of my savings into ring pops. <laughs> hey, you've got to hide your love away. 
Alex Bod is bleeping furiously at us, so I think he wants us to do our compliment. Uh, I think, Destiny, you're the real guest, so you get to go first or last. <laughs> I'm the real guest, and yep. Lisa's the fake guest. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> I don't have a name. <laughs> yeah, fox face. Fox face. You can be first in the compliment round, or you can go last. It's oh, up to you. I'll, I'll go last. Okay. Lisa, you're first now. I really enjoyed the fact that the in the distant future when we have all this technology, the best weapons our mankind can create are mutant yellow jackets. Because I just feel like that's great use of biological warfare. Anyway, that's that's the only thing you got. <laughs> I liked this book. <laughs> yeah. And now, you like the book, but your main compliment is about the bees. The tracker jackers? Thing? Well, yeah, and then they also just are really fun to say. Tractor Jacker? Uh, I think yes. it's kind of a hokey name, but yeah. I'm afraid of bees, so I thought they were very scary because the government had just made basically mutant, really deadly bees. <laughs> well, they were kind of obsessed with mutants in general, and I just feel like they could have just made a bomb that destroyed everything, and then it would have been done. Yeah, but Why mutants? A bomb doesn't psychologically torture the way that the Tractor Jackers do. Yeah. But rhyming mutants do? I mean, <laughs> I guess... <laughs> My favorite thing about the Tracker Jackers, I'm just going to segue into my compliment, is that in addition to being you know, a decent kind of biological mutant warfare, they're a totally good way to get high as well. Like, <laughs> those kids trip balls off the Tracker Jackers, like, out for three solid days, and that's if you treat them with leaves. For free, too. You have free drugs. Yeah. Oh, my God. How do they get anything done? Totally for free. So, yeah, good good for the government for knowing that, like, in addition to religion being the opiate of the masses, bees also the opiate of the masses. <laughs> <laughs> moving along let's go with chris yeah um so it was brought up in the compliments a little bit but Peta so is the baker and he's he's katniss's fellow tribute from district 12 and he's in love with katniss but his big surprise skill is that he's really good at camouflage because apparently being a baker's son he's really good at frosting <laughs> And so I thought that maybe frosting would carry over into a lot of other things or like he could have his own spinoff where it's like, you know, he camouflages himself and they call him like the buttercream ninja and it smells <laughs> vaguely of frosting and he appears as if from nowhere. And that's what he did. Um, and he just frosts the shit out of you. <laughs> that's right. You can't find yourself. You're so well camouflaged. That's right. <laughs> you have no idea where you are anymore. <laughs> no one can see you again. Yeah. And you die from... Like lack of identity and total existential crisis because you don't have a physical, visible self anymore. Kind of, yeah, that's deep. Yeah, but it, what a delicious crisis. Mm, right? I know, sugar high. <laughs> yeah. Um, this blinking looks like it's uh, Alex Bot's turn in the compliments. Let's see what he has to say. All right, my major compliment. I used to love Man vs. Wild. Not because I thought Bear Grylls was impressive, but because of the cameramen who had to do the same shit with 500 pounds of camera equipment. So my compliment is to the cameramen who had to hide all over the arena and film this deathmatch. Additional humorous material, although admittedly, it's possible the cameras were just more ridiculously mutated animals. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think they're cameramen. No. No, I, I think there are, like, cameras in, since the <laughs> arena where they have the games is, like, completely created, I think they just put little cameras in everything. 
you know. Like raccoons? Yeah. Well, like in trees and in the, you know, like. Like mutated trees? Yeah. Like ants? Cameramen ants? Are they union? Like mutated (laughs) cameras. Them's good eatings. (laughs) To finish this out, uh, Destiny. What is your first compliment? Well, my favorite thing about the Hunger Games initially was the critique of reality TV. You know, because what people really need to know is how evil reality TV is, because that's not apparent enough from watching reality TV. So uh, (laughs) I think it's great that Suzanne Collins just really drives that point home, that reality TV, like brings out the worst in people and just manipulates the people on the show and everybody ends up like faking who they are and being terrible. I mean, you yeah. can't read this book and not get that message, right? Oh, really? I, I totally read this book with a different message. You missed it? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I missed that one because uh, Katniss pretends to be somebody else, right? She pretends to be in love with PETA. And it's a totally worthwhile strategy and gets her all the way to the top. I mean, I thought the message was the solution to reality TV is to make them kill each other. So, I mean, look, yeah. let's look for a Jersey Shore death match coming up. Oh, my money's on Ronnie. <laughs> no, dude, emotionally weak point. Oh, that's true. Um, Alex Bot's blinking. I mean, it's a uh, music break. <laughs> That'll be seamless. Did, did he sing his own music? <laughs> Okay, let's do some hate games. Let's see what Alex Bot has to say about this. All right, it's time for our hate game. Today we are playing a game of Super Hate EO Brothers, thanks to Bill Cernensky, who has, at this point, jumped the shark. Does anyone have any hates about this uh, book? I know that we all very much enjoyed it, but that doesn't mean it was perfect, you know? There might have been an issue or two. Yeah, I kind of hate that you guys even picked this book for your podcast about bad books. I mean, Me too. what what are you going to do I'm next back. week? Are you going to do, like, James Joyce? Are you going to do, like, Shakespeare? <laughs> to yeah, be fair, we picked this book fully expecting that we'd like it. Um, <laughs> we picked this book because our fans wooted it more than any other book on our list. And, yeah, but, uh, but you're, you're in charge, you know. Are we? Are we really? <laughs> are you? <laughs> you? You guys keep yeah. asking me to guess on things that I've already read. <laughs> it just makes me feel like I just don't have good taste. Which is true, but I didn't want it reaffirmed. I mean, I think our fans just don't want to have to read a bad book and want to know what we're talking about, because otherwise it makes no sense. <laughs> so that's that's what they were planning. And we just like to do what they want us to do. Uh, it does have flaws. This book has flaws. It must have at least one flaw. Yeah. I mean, it's about child gladiators. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So here's here's one thing. I mean, certainly there are a lot of instances of Katniss observing things that are really hard to observe. For instance, at the very end, when it's just her and Peta and Cato. Uh, Cato. Thank you. On top of this cornucopia, they start or they start to get attacked by these mutant uh, wolf guys, and she observes that each one has the same eyes and vague features as all of the other tributes who died the people that she'd barely known and who she spent all of their together time 
forcibly trying to ignore them and not to look at them and not to do anything else. How the hell does she see that difference at speed and, you know, at distance? I mean, I can't even tell which Space Jam monster is Charles Barkley. And I'm supposed to... It's the bald one. Come on. What? They're all bald ones. But, like... With more attitude, then. I mean... Like, there's, it's just, it boggles the mind that, that she could be able to pick out, like, oh, that has the same eyes as this person who I didn't bother learning their name. Yeah. Like, Unlikely. You know, there's certainly things, there are a few leaps in logic there. Yeah. Alternatively, still high from Tracker Jackers, and there were no zombie dogs. That's really <laughs> likely. <laughs> Alex Bot wants to, wants to chime in here, I think. Let's see. <laughs> okay. All right, here's a hate. How the hell did this government win a civil war with just super wasps and songbirds? Does not compute. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he's got kind of a good point there, right? Apparently they also had wolf dudes. Right, and zombie wolves. Well, they also had hovercrafts and, yeah, and nuclear bombs and lasers about the nuclear and bombs, guns. though. That didn't really come up. Yeah, that's what happened in District did. 13. Were you not paying attention? That's what they say happened in District 13. I don't Ooh. believe the propaganda. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Maybe you guys bought into this. Chris, have you read ahead? No. No, I actually wrote my notes for part one. I was just like, they're like, everyone knows it was destroyed in the war, and now it's an object lesson. And I'm like, yeah, right. Yeah. I bet there's a District 13 where the people are free and the sex falls on trees. And... <laughs> it falls on trees? Yeah, yeah, there's like a sex nest at the top. You just saw it off, falls on the bottom. Everyone gets welts. Oh, God. <laughs> where the beer so. flows like wine. Just you wait. More hates anyone. Well, I'm kind of afraid the movie is going to be really bad, and then I'll yeah. hate that. Me too. Yeah, I was thinking there are parts, there are moments that would make a good movie, but a lot of it is just like her surviving and going, "Oh, my leg!" or right. "Oh, his leg!" It burns. Because yeah. if they're going to have voiceovers with Katniss, like, I didn't really love Peta, but I'm just pretending I'm in love with him for you know sponsors, because that's got to be hard to portray as an actress like you're convincingly yeah. acting like you love this person when there are cameras on you at all times and yet you have to be in her head and know that she doesn't really love him like, Ooh, got it we can have confessionals like in real world oh yeah like, yeah Jersey Shore, oh just like, like reality tv <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah i was kind of just stringing Peter along but i thought it was good to do yeah that's perfect <laughs> i really like that <laughs> you should totally do it that way and then if the yeah. character dies you just have the zombie dog barking at the screen afterwards to sort of do the analysis <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have two play-by-play guys. Oh, so good. Alex Bot wants to say more things. Here's another hate. I hate the premise that this government can create zombie dog people, has the power to control the weather, a la Truman Show, but can't figure out a healthcare system. Does not compute. <laughs> healthcare is really hard. I when mean, when will the capital uh, have a you know universal health care? Well, they don't care about the districts, so yeah. that's not really on their like. Did you guys get that this is like totalitarianism? Yeah, you know? it's like a brutal no? dictatorship. Yeah, but but what about like you know the social safety net guys? What what do you think? When uh, will it happen? When will we get to stop the, the <laughs> unipartisanship of the capital? <laughs> when they stop trying to kill the children? Well, I think it's population control. Like, that's what The Hunger Games is. It's about keeping the population in check. 
right? Did, did this happen to you guys also that you got super hungry when you were reading this book? Because I was snacking a lot. No. <laughs> yeah, really craving some squirrel. I was the opposite. I went through so much food because of this book. I feel like I put on five pounds. <laughs> this book reaffirmed my vegetarianism. Every time she described anything, it just sounded heinous. Where she's like, she shot a fish out of the river and just took a bite of it like an apple. <laughs> or yeah. like Gollum. Yeah. No, whatever the stew she was eating. The like really greasy, the, like fatty the stew, rock stew that she kept eating. Wait, wait, wait the, the lamb stew that she loved? Lamb and plum? Oh, it sounded horrible. <laughs> well, apparently Suzanne Collins does not have a future ahead of her as a food writer then. <laughs> At least not for vegetarians. I just pictured it as like gray and like kind of looking like cement-ish. And <laughs> it just sounded awful. No, she she did not make me hungry. Uh, more more hates anyone? <laughs> yeah. Did Cato need to kind of intimate that he was gonna rape kill Katniss? Or was that was that I mean, me? I, I, I felt better that. about the zombie dogs killing him because of that. <laughs> well the zombie dogs don't kill him. In the end Katniss has to shoot him in the head. Yeah. Because uh, of his mercy. awesome body armor. He did yeah. get some pretty badass body armor. Yeah, and it's happen. like, oh, you think you're so great having this body armor, but instead it's just going to cause you to be tortured for like 12 hours. Because yeah, it doesn't cover die. your head. Yeah. And so you just have wolves chewing on his head for a while. Wolves <laughs> <laughs> <was> like, ah. <laughs> it's like you're a big chew toy. Yeah, I, I didn't understand how that, that he didn't die. Yeah. And how were the capital like, controlling? Because he, he's a tough motherfucker. Also through <laughs> propaganda, Lisa. They control Through the power of propaganda. <laughs> Well, I had one other, it's not really a hate, but I have to say when I first (laughs) finished this book, I felt really conflicted about liking it because the point of the Hunger Games is like not to enjoy the Hunger Games. Like don't enjoy these children being slaughtered. It's sick. And then here we are reading the book, enjoying reading about these children being slaughtered. So what kind of sick person would get entertainment from this? in this book that's clearly entertainment about this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 12-year-olds. So it's like engineered to make us feel bad. All the 12-year-olds love it. Although I never felt bad for enjoying this. Well, the ending was horrible, too. Why? What do you hate about the ending, Lisa? Because it's it's about the drama between whether or not she likes a boy. And that is why the 12-year-olds like it. That's what's so disturbing, is that they're like, yeah, all these people died. This government is horrible. She has to kill these people, but oh, I wonder if I like Peter or not. And that's yeah, the end. Totally. Well And like and that's why she's like I, I asked my like the younger kids, why do you like this book? And they're like, Oh, it's just so romantic. And I'm like, Did you not <laughs> did you not read the parts about the pus coming out of the eyeballs? Like, did that not Nope, not faced. No, not faced at all. I skimmed yeah. over those parts. Peter's so pretty. <laughs> um, but I, I like I, Gail. <laughs> All right, Alex spots blinking. I hate, 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 hate. Oh, Alex, you hate everything. Does not compute. For our anchor segment today, we have a very special guest with us today. So we're going to play the game Ask an Expert where we talk to actual experts and we ask for their opinions on things. Today's guest, Lisa, has studied child psychology, (laughs) and we wanted to ask her 
what are the psychological effects of competing in the Hunger Games on a child? Does anybody have any questions? Oh, yeah. Pretty minimal, right? Yes, Lisa. Lisa, um, I, I do have a question. So I've heard that a diet of raw animal meat can slowly turn someone crazy. <laughs> do you think you can see evidence of that in this book? Because I think it's widely apparent. <laughs> um, yes, well... Katniss just is so cold and calculating and then doesn't know whether she loves Peter or not. That's what she's concerned with. And she's eaten so much raw squirrel that I think that's what all of this love business is about. And that's just gross. I mean, she must have some sort of worm going in her brain right now. (laughs) A couple of them, at least. Don't eat raw squirrel, kids. Don't eat raw squirrel. <laughs> so you're saying any affection she feels for Peta is the result of her diet and not through uh, of a, of a, genuine of a brain worm? Yeah. No, I think any her concern about the love triangle while she's trying to survive is a little bit that has to do with the worms in her brain. I think that's true for most uh, teenage love stories. Actually, it's mostly based <laughs> around brain worms, parasites. Yeah. A strong foundation of parasites and brain worms. <laughs> Those affection parasites yeah. that get in your brain and just make you fall in love with bakers without ever fully acknowledging it. Yeah, clearly a government mutation. <laughs> Ugh, I hate the word mutation. That is that is a real true hate for me. You see, we've got that earlier, Lisa. So, I mean, a lot of the kids in the in the low number districts, their parents probably groomed them to be tributes. How do you know if you're overscheduling or underscheduling your tribute? You know, <laughs> what kind of uh, survival skills, what kind of uh, mixed martial arts? How really should you push your kid so that they can do their best and kill other children? So that they peak as an ideal killing machine around 16 or 17. Exactly. Yes. So are you talking like stage moms for gladiators? Like that sort of thing? Because <laughs> that can be really traumatizing to a kid, you know? you think that that's all they care about is i don't know i think with the proper reinforcement like trading gushers for um it's just that you have i mean they're trying to live vicariously (laughs) through their child's violence which is really kind of sick you know because they weren't a tribute when they were younger they want to you know live it up destiny i just realized you'd actually probably be pretty good for this also i mean uh, as a as a children's librarian what books would you recommend to a tribute uh to to read up on (laughs) So that, you know, he or she could kill to the best of his ability and, and really withstand the rigorous uh, psychological pressures of the killing fields. Well, you know, there are classics in the field, like uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, <laughs> How to Win Friends and Influence People, uh, Four Hour Work Week. Uh, those are the books I generally recommend for everybody. If you can, tell me how any of these would help. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, how to win friends and influence people, you just basically want to do the opposite, like, you know, how to... Isolate yourself and kill people? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that, everybody should just read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you know? It's really, like, it's really important to understand. So if you do win the Hunger Games, you know how to manage your wealth. Right. Otherwise, you end up like Hamish. Yeah. And uh, for our work week, I have you guys ever read? Well, we about we read this? the Four Hour Body. Oh, okay. That that guy is fucking insane. The guy who wrote that, and so Tim I feel Ferris. like he'd be a good a good role model. Yeah, Ferris. Yeah, I feel like um, that man is frightening, and I think well, he'd be I mean, a good role model. What do you think about adding also in some like Spetsnaz, like you know Russian pain tolerance training? Oh yeah, yeah. It's like that. I think they should read the Hungry Hungry Caterpillar. Yeah, the very, <laughs> the hungry, very cat. hungry caterpillar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for the 
Hunger Games. And play some Hungry Hungry Hippos and just like. I mean, I'm not sure if it's the, the only tome on like, uh, you know, outdoorsmanship, but I think uh, The Giving Tree is probably a good starting place. <laughs> oh. Just find a tree, befriend it, get it to love you, and then you're pretty much set for most of the games. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It'll give you everything you need. Just eat that pine. Just like <laughs> sleep in that branch. I think Alex Bot has another question. Everybody knows your first kiss is an important moment. Mine was with a toaster. How will it affect Katniss that her first kiss was with a boy she didn't like who was dying in the woods? Super hot toaster. <laughs> but it was one of those slick European models. <laughs> Okay, she never not liked him. He did save her life when she was very small. Okay, I think. Yeah, but she didn't. She wasn't in like with him. <laughs> yeah. She didn't like Important like him. Distinction. Did he save her life or did he ruin her no carb diet? <laughs> <laughs> it could have been both. Now I have an eight-hour body. <laughs> um, first kiss. I think it was more absurd that it was, like, on television. Because, you know, like, if your first kiss is a stage kiss, it doesn't really count. So I'd like to say it's not a real kiss. And she just, you know, realized that lips are soft. And that was the only thing that really affected her. Yeah, it's totally a stage kiss. I agree. Because she's playing a part. And that doesn't count. But then there was one time where she kissed and she felt something. Yeah. That's like yeah, she felt, she felt like the stirrings. Yeah. yeah. The stirrings. The butterfly. I feel yeah. kind of funny. Like when I, I used to have... climb the rope in gym class. <laughs> <laughs> Girls also? <laughs> uh, yeah, rope-related stirrings then, I guess, is what, what clearly was happening. <laughs> I think Alex Bot has one more question. Let's see. If- I think that this would make really compelling television because of the romance in it. Like The Office before Jim and Pam got married and ruined everything. Do you think watching this on TV would make kids more violent? Kind of non sequitur. Uh, <laughs> I was more talking about I The Office say, there, but... Uh, yeah. yeah, I would say it would make kids more violent if they were then thrown into the Hunger Games. Or would it just make them better at the Hunger Games, but otherwise docile? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think so. I think the point is to turn them all into killing machines, right? No? Without souls? Soulless killing machines? Wait, wait, can we just pause for a second? What would soulful killing machines look like? <laughs> Me. Me. No, they, they'd slit your throats meaningfully. Like Marvin yeah. Gaye. I just feel like there'd be a lot of, like, I don't know, like Smokey Robinson in the background, maybe. Yeah. Or like Barry White. <laughs> just super soul. <laughs> Some slow jams. This ad was required, but not approved by Audible. Meanwhile, at the Hunger Games. Congratulations, Kato, Katniss. You two tributes are going to fight to the death to see who wins. What about Peter? He camouflaged himself. We lost him. Ooh. This duel, you can choose your weapon. I pick a rocket launcher. I pick a one-week free trial to audiblepodcast.com. Slash, read it, and weep. Over a rocket launcher? 
Or something to deflect rockets? Or a pointy stick. Seriously, what can you do with a free audiobook? I can skip to the end of The Hunger Games by Suzanne Collins and find out how to kill you. All right, but while you're doing that, I'm just going to shoot you with this rocket launcher. I already finished. Also, that's not a rocket launcher. That's PETA in disguise. Booyah! Ow, my love chakra. PETA wins crossover tality. Wait, Katniss didn't win? Audiblepodcast.com slash read and weep. It's not barbaric if you succeed. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up. And they stay there. All right, well, uh, let's wrap it up here and go with our minor compliments. In reverse order, it's destiny. What do you mean by minor compliment? It, it was a slip of the tongue that happened a while ago, and we just kept it. Oh. You start with your major, and you end with your minor, like Ursa major or Ursa minor. Oh. It's not... Or major chord, minor chord. This one can be sadder. Okay. My final compliment for The Hunger Games is that... I said it before, I'm going to say it again. I love love triangles. I know it's silly and girly, but a good love triangle is so exciting because it's like for a little while, this girl can have it both ways. She can have Gail, the like hot like hunter that she's known forever, and she can have Peta, who's like this sweet guy who's loved her from afar and like frosts things. Deceptively muscly. Yeah. <laughs> and it's you know, I mean, not that The Hunger Games is a book just about choosing between two hot guys. I mean, it's an awesome yeah. book about politics and violence, and the fact that she gets to choose between two hot guys is like a bonus. <laughs> I bet Peter could frost all over her chest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stop reading my mind. It's creepy. <laughs> but then he'd lose her chest. She wouldn't be able to find it. <laughs> it's true. It's a little camouflaged. <laughs> you went from a C cup to a. An egg cup. It's like not applicable. <laughs> Great. Moving on. I think it's Alex Bot. I think it is Alex Bot. All right. My minor compliment. At first, I hated that it was narrated by the girl because that meant she couldn't die, so there was no suspense. Then I thought, wouldn't it be awesome if a book had a main character die? And then the last hundred pages were just blank. <laughs> Additional humor content. File not found. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 we all knew that wasn't going to happen. Right? Well, in the lovely bones, the narrator dies right at the beginning. Ah, oh, spoiler alert. And narrates from heaven. <laughs> Double spoiler yeah. alert. She didn't go to hell? Or limbo? I'm pretty sure yeah. she goes to heaven. Wait, there's no Valhalla? She doesn't Shit. die at the beginning. She's already dead. Oh, I get yeah. Isn't she already dead? I thought she dies in the first chapter, but maybe she just retells the story of how she died. Uh, but yeah, you're probably right. I haven't read that book in a long time. Librarian fail. Librarian. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Next thing I'm going to say is the main character of Sixth Sense died in the beginning of the movie. Why would you do that? <laughs> Um, moving along, it's Chris? No, I'm last. This is harder to keep track of. I no, really I'm last. Give props to Alex. Moving along, someone else. I was first. Maybe it's so you, last, Ezra. Chris. You? I think it's I think you. It moving along, it's me. <laughs> Thanks, oh, guys. Oh, okay, well, fuck it. I'll go. Um, so my comment is, 
<laughs> we've been saying all, all along how intense some of this stuff is, and just some of the descriptions, like uh, when she gets stung by tracker jackers and is stealing the bow from uh, Glimmer, the girl. Yeah. Um, there's the line, I had to break several of what used to be her fingers to get to the bow. <laughs> That's so fucking intense. Yeah. Like, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, this is a young adult book, and it's like, I mean, it doesn't go into specifically how much force is needed to break a finger, you know, and it it really doesn't go into that level of detail, but, you know, you just gotta imagine that it's like, oh, fucking God. Yeah, Glimmer's the grossest. (laughs) Glimmer used to be pretty until, you know, fucking Katniss. Became a festering pile of goo. Because Bitchface dropped a nest on her and fucked up her face. Call them tracker jackers. Tracker yeah, jackers. she blew up to three times her original size, which means her ass grew to three times its original size. Hell yeah! Hey, oh, yeah, junk in the trunk. <laughs> Pussy, swollen junk in the trunk. She's All right. still fourteen, guys. Stop talking about. She could have been eighteen, no? She could have oh, been eighteen. No. She told me she was eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's not real and she's dead. All right, so. I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> All right, Lisa, finishing us off. Wait, I didn't go. Ezra, yeah, finishing us off almost. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one is a really sweet moment, uh, I think, between Peta and Katniss. I think that I want this, like, all of my, my tender moments to end with this line now. Of, Trust me, killing things is much easier than this, I said. Although, for all I know, I am killing you. Can you speed it up a little? He asks, no, shut up and eat your pears. Which is such a nice thing to say to someone you love. <laughs> shut up and eat your pears. That's going to be like, that's how you knew you were falling in love with someone? Just, you know. I can't believe shut up and eat your pears replaced I love you. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's mild contempt that means there's really something there, you know. Shut up and eat your pears. <laughs> <laughs> Was that like, I can't believe I smell you later? Yeah. Replaced. Smell you yeah. later. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was going for. I'm glad you got that. Yeah. Now, finishing us off for reals this time. (laughs) Okay, well, I really like dystopian novels. I also like reality television, and I like Chiclet. And I just was so happy that, you know, there was a marriage of it. Like, George Orwell got together with Lauren Conrad and, like, had sex and came up with Susan Collins. And Suzanne Collins stole (laughs) ideas from George Orwell and from... from Lauren Conrad. uh, I'm pretty sure Lauren Conrad wrote her book (laughs) after... Uh, Wait, Lauren Conrad wrote her book? (laughs) (laughs) Alright, thank you everybody so much for joining us. This has been episode number 104. We will be back next week talking about Islander 2. And we'll have a special guest. Different guest. So check that out. If you have any feedback for us, go to read-weep.com slash contact. Fill out the little form. We would love to hear from you. And today, I would like you to go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash weep, and tell us. Question relevant to episode. Thank you so much, for, as always, for being here, Chris and Ezra. Yep. You know, he's really more like Mad Libs, but... <laughs> right? Something for everyone. And uh, thank you so much for being here today. Special guest. Go to the library. It's great. All right. Destiny for the library. Lisa, anything you like? Read this book. Actually, I think you should. Oh, wow. That sounds 
Interesting. I'll have to check it out. All right, that is it for our show. We'll be back next week. See you goodbye. Audible hopes you have enjoyed this program. Believe you me. Believe you me.